Welcome to Miss Yeah, Sides and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. We are entering a, honestly at this point, standard episode of Riverdale. It's a confusing sequence of events with a quick, quick sidestep into social issues they are not ready to cover. Oh, they are so not ready to address these because they are addressing them the way that a 16-year-old writing a fan fiction would address them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they go really severe. In this case, it is homelessness. And yes. they go really deep into, like, it really seems like that's going to be the thing. And then it's just really swept away for other stuff, which, yes, rightfully so. I don't need to see an entire season arc in Riverdale, Riverdale. about the complexities of dealing with homeless populations. Especially because their homeless population is Sketch Alley, which is the dumbest thing that this show established. Yeah. Because it came out of nowhere. Like, there's no way that Riverdale of season one had a Sketch Alley. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. This episode especially is weird to try to reconcile with season one. Even season Riverdale. two. Yeah. Like, because- like. Season two, just having the serpents and the ghoulies. Yeah. Even season three. Honestly, even everything up to the the break, it's weird. Because all the way up until then, Riverdale was supposed to be outwardly a really nice town with serial killers in it. Yeah. And now it's a terrible town that's barely a town. But we'll (laughs) We'll, talk about that. It's because it's unincorporated and reincorporated and... Uh, that's a whole thing it's a whole thing it's a whole thing uh <laughs> yeah this episode's filled with nonsense and honestly when i made that fan fiction analogy at the beginning of our episode you know it do- two it, minutes ago it does feel like this feels like an au this entire season does seem like someone stumbled upon a very long fan fiction online that a 16 year old wrote yeah. and was like cool let's do it yeah and like the the thing that we essentially run into is that the the first five episodes, and I hate that we have to keep on going back, because I thought we'd be able to just ignore them and move on with their yeah, lives. Yeah, I thought we were done. They were a special. <laughs> the thing with the first five episodes is that, yeah, they were fun alternate universe stuff going on, but the more and more they bleed into this world, it feels like we had five episodes of their, the, the alternate universe they didn't want to do, and then the one they did want to do. Well, and the problem is, those episodes as we talked about when we were watching it, did not connect enough. But we are led to believe that they're all important. (laughs) But there's so many contradictions. Yeah. And and I understand that what they're doing is that the parallel universes have bled into this universe. Like, I get it. They have have not confirmed it, but that seems really, really likely more and more. It's just unfortunate that this writing team is so untrustworthy that for so many episodes, (laughs) we thought they just forgot. Yeah. That's not great. That's not a great standard to be held to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. But the only way to get through the roughness is to go straight on ahead. So let's get straight on ahead into Riverdale Season 6, Episode 8, The Town. The Town. So... Riverdale um, decided to just not deal with Jughead being deaf. Well, I mean... (laughs) They really hand-waved at it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, Jughead can, as we said, he can read minds. And there is some cool stuff with it. I'll, I'll, 
I at least appreciate that they do keep this up for at least this episode. Mm-hmm. That he, the way that he hears is that he hears he can essentially read service level thoughts, so he knows what someone is saying the moment before they say it. So it is effectively the same as hearing them. He says it's disorienting. I have to imagine because he still has like ninety percent of his hearing. No, he has. 8% of his hearing. Sorry, otherwise, yeah. Yes. <laughs> he has lost 90% of his hearing. Yeah. I guess is what So he can saying. still hear a little bit, and he can see their lips moving, and it doesn't quite sync up with what he's hearing in his yeah. head. But as far as everyone knows, his hearing has returned. What that I is... think would be the most disorienting is later when he's listening to people's non surface level thoughts. And also listening to their surface level thoughts that are their words. Yeah, and, and he does seem to be disoriented by that. I think what also would be disorienting is that he, that, that means he can only hear the One. thoughts of... No, no, the thoughts of people. He can't hear, like, cars and anything else other than people's voices. Well, and he also, um, I can imagine, can't have a conversation where two people are speaking at the same time. I, I he or, do- or like in a crowd in a crowd I think he'd only be able to pick up people he, like- do- he does um, when he's at the town hall he is picking up numerous voices from the crowd but I just think if he's listening to that how can he focus on what people are saying like how can he pick out that from the din training I would assume. Oh, train! What training? The training that he's teaching himself to do. I just think this is hand wavy. Is all. I don't, I, the only reason I would not say it's hand wavy is because he does seem to be accurate, like actively dealing with it. No, I, I I agree. I just I guess because he only first heard a thought for the first time last episode, mm-hmm. and he is doing pretty okay way too quickly from my perspective. Well, because when he later when he's talking to someone who he's trying to actually read deeper into their mind, you actually get the idea that he's listening to their thoughts and he's actively trying to push deeper. Yeah, I agree. Which is like a skill he is trying to learn. Yes. Yeah. Well, except that with that person, they're actively blocking their thoughts from him. Yes. Um, I think I honestly think this is really cool. I just don't think there's enough time spent on it, and I don't think there are enough struggles related to it. I mean, because I can see all of these things where it's like, oh, that would be so hard in a group setting to distinguish what's like, yeah, just a thought in their head and what's the thought that they're saying. I mean, the problem is that when it comes down to it, Riverdale is actually not interested in the superpowers. No. It just gave them to them, and it doesn't exp- like like Archie should be weirdly heavy right now. Like he, he, he should be like that's why he should he, be breaking. That's things. why he fell through the floor. I yeah. guess like he is heavy, and people should be reacting to the fact that he is. We should see someone push him and just like they move back. Well, and like Archie's density does not come to play this episode. I would like to see his car just like the shocks drop as he gets into yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but, but you're right. They don't care about the superpowers. The superpowers are a means to an end. Yeah. Now, uh, what? Well, Jug is talking about that. What actually is. The thing that's going on is that in the Riverdale Choice, which I guess is not a student newspaper, it is just the newspaper. That he prints at the school because he's going to steal school resources. <laughs> I guess. Uh, they published an anonymous essay that's pretty scathing. Although 100% extremely accurate. And what, and everybody already knows yeah, this. Yeah, I thought this was what everyone thought about their town. Like... like this was the last season of the stuff we're dealing with. So it's like, okay, no, but now 
Not only did Jughead get this essay, he did give it front cover. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, it's an opinion piece, Jughead. <laughs> Put it in the letters to the editor But on section. the front, it says, Riverdale, worst town in America. So I just want to, like, highlight essentially what is said in this. This says that Riverdale is a town... You know, many towns are bad, but Riverdale is exceptionally bad because of what it presents versus what it actually is. And I'm like, does Riverdale have a perfect front again? This, this, this is where I said it it cannot reconcile itself with season one, which was supposed to be the perfect front town. But as we've watched every single season, that's been torn apart, and it at no point did it ever seem like Riverdale was the perfect front of a town. As soon as Jason Blossom died, that perfect... Well, even before that, we heard a lot of... Like, we We hear a lot lot of of history. Stuff. So he gives some examples. Like, the fact that... Okay, so he claims that Reggie and Veronica's casino is illegal. And I said, it is illegal. It is illegal. And then we learn later, it is illegal. Um, (laughs) The writer condemns street gangs. He he condemns the intolerance and... Backwards people. And we see... So we we see people every time he does this. The gangs, we see Tony and Fangs. The intolerant and backwards. We see the Blossoms and Abigail. And Abigail is bemused by this, I assume, because she is racist. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that was bad. (laughs) It's like, well, of course I'm intolerant. I don't want to give something to minorities. Then, hilariously, he mentions the overtaxed and bloated law enforcement. Did he say bloated? I thought he said that... I thought he specifically mentioned that they there's only like two of them. No, no, he meant they were overfunded I and was, ineffectual. I was that's what, ineffectual. I I guess I took ineffectual to be like yeah, because there's two of them. No, but how are they overfunded? They could hire more. I my my mind just went just because it shows Keller and Kevin as the two people there. My mind just went by overtaxed. Does he mean oh, like, maybe he they means have like, too much money going in, but they only have two people? No, you know what he means? He's not talking about being financially... No, he, he is talking about being financially overtaxed. Yeah. Because he could mean like overworked, right? It, it is. No, actually, you know what? I think that probably is one because next he goes to economy Oh, then he talks later. about the finances, yeah. He, 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 he says lack of culture and performing art. And, and then that, cuts to Kevin. Yeah. And I'm like... I mean, yeah, fair enough. They do apparently constantly have musicals at their school. And so many performances. <laughs> uh, and But the most scathing critique of it all is the economy. And I have to remind everyone that for seven years, the mayor of the town uh, sabotaged this place. And it's mm-hmm. been five months since they've like, unincorporated yeah. or been incorporated again. So... <laughs> To be fair. Like, it's right. It's correct. But you can't blame the people of the town for the most scathing one of the economy when they're... They're not ma- in charge of their economy. Their mayor was actively sabotaging... Actively. Actively sabotaging them. Now, to be fair, <laughs> the writer of this article is trying to destroy oh, yeah. the morale of the town. And and I, and I should say, they kind of draw it out for a little bit, but as they're going around to everybody, you see Pop Tate's turn to Percival Pickens, go like, oh, aren't you glad you moved to the town now? And Pickens is like, I am glad I moved I'm to the town thrilled. now. I'm thrilled. Like, so he wrote it. He clearly wrote it. <laughs> he clearly wrote it. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who aren't thrilled, yeah, Archie is furious. Not Okay, what Archie should be furious about is we are trying. We've only had five months to turn this around. Give us time before you condemn it. But he thinks it's all lies. Oh, yeah. He does seem furious that somebody would say it at all, despite the fact that, like, it's all true. It's all true. Especially when we start with Veronica and Reggie's illegal casino, because it is 
absolutely illegal. <laughs> we know they that. did not get any permits. The, the way it's worded, also the paper is like they call it illegal, and I'm like, but it is. But it is. We know it's <laughs> illegal. The town council never approved it, so they have no business license. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, as because they don't know who wrote it, Archie goes to Jughead. Who published it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the, Jughead is, I will give this to Jughead. He stuck to his guns. He's right. He's like, yeah, the paper is free press. Anyone can write. People are allowed to have opinions, want. Archie. Especially when those opinions are. Correct. Factually true. Actually true. Would you like to write a, a counter piece to it? And Archie's like, no, we're going to have a town hall meeting and we're going to do a witch hunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, Jughead's listening to Archie's thoughts during this, and it, it it's honestly very cool. I yeah. shouldn't be so mad about it. I do like it. My favorite one is like, so what, so you can beat him up? And in his head, he's like, yeah. And then I'd lie. He's like, of course not. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> now, we have to move on to a storyline that will be completely unrelated to anything else that's going on. Because once again, the Blossom Cheryl storyline is just a different thing. Now, I want to point out that Britta has taken advantage of Cheryl being gone to really dress like Cheryl. Yeah. Yeah. She started wearing, like, netting and a corset, which is what Cheryl wears. Yeah, I'm worried about Britta. Uh, I'm also kind of worried about this entire house in general, because when Britta goes to see uh, Rose in the stable slash altar, there's a lot of open flames and an entire straw floor. Yeah, it's a real Rumpelstiltskin moment. (laughs) I'm like, you can't do this. You're going to burn down the house. Again! Burn it down again! Now... What we learn is that Britta actually did see Cheryl in the mirror, which yep. I like less, and you still could have had it be that she just... She just knows that Cheryl has to be somewhere. Yeah, because she saw Abigail get angry in a mirror, and she made an assumption. That's fine. Also, Britta, I know you're low on choices, but Rose was a wild choice, and I needed at least something of Britta being like, hey, so I know that... This is what, like, just hang a lantern on yeah. it. Something or, so. Look, that... you're my last resort. I've read so many books in the Thornhill Library. Instead, Britta being like, Rose, we need to work together to save Cheryl. Like, she thought she murdered Cheryl. She wanted this. Like, uh, yes. Although her loyalty shift wildly. Yeah, and yeah, we know that Abigail locked her away, but some, just some voice to the <laughs> fact that, hey, Abigail's not like, you're not going to be leader of this town. Abigail is so let's work together. together so Nana Rose points out hi oh, you saw her in a mirror that must mean that uh, Abigail's keeping her in a mental prison oh, uh, what nonsense noises <laughs> then she follows up with well I'm pretty sure you can contact her in one way when uh, Abigail's in a deep slumber and you are also in a deep slumber nearby you can enter her dreams and the the shot of Britta, of the, of, and I believe this was, this had to have been improv from the actress, of being like, okay, how do I both act, I agree with this, and also, what are these lines I'm reading? And that face is mild confusion and maybe has to poop. <laughs> so then, Britta's like, well, I guess I can poison her. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, she's like, I guess I'll just make her some tea, that will put her to sleep. Uh, But be warned, Abigail. Or be warned, Britta. You must awaken before Abigail, for if she senses you were in her mind, she will be wrathful or some bullshit. I think if she just wakes up and sees Britta sitting next to her, like sleeping next to her, she'd be like, what is this? (laughs) That's weird. This is clearly some magic stuff. I know magic, I I know magic, I'm a witch. (laughs) So 
then we move into Abigail's mind, and I kind of want to broach some like the entire thing from yeah. over here. In my mind, if you were going to be like, well, I got to keep this person in prison in my mind so they won't fight me, I would create the perfect world. So that they are satisfied and don't wish to fight. Abigail made a different choice. Well, Kevin, Abigail's a bad person. <laughs> yeah. I know the show historically wanted us to think she's a good person. She's very bad. She's a very bad person. So what she did is she created Mummy Dearest. Yeah, it's 100% Mummy Dearest. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mother Dearest? Be, oh, whatever it is. It's Mummy Dearest. But yeah. to be fair, I don't think she created that. I think her brain was like, make the worst thing Cheryl well, can imagine happen. Well, here's the problem. She actually did create it, but you figure out the reason right at the end. And Britta just says it based off of no, nothing at all, which is, okay, the reason why she has to create a warden to, which is Penelope. Yeah. Penelope's mean again. Yeah. Uh, because she's a, a phantom world. Yeah. The reason that she had to create a warden was because she needs Cheryl's spirit to be broken so she'll vanish. Yeah. If she's just sitting around there being in a nice, peaceful world, she'll forever be in her mind. So she needs someone who will actively break her down. But I don't think Abigail came up with Penelope. I think Abigail was like, I would like... You, yeah, I need you, need... you need someone to punish you, create your own... Yeah. Your own punishment. Because it's, there's no way on earth that Abigail could know what Mummy Dearest is. But Cheryl has definitely watched that old movie. Oh, yeah. And if you think we're making, like, some weird, like, reference that's like, oh, it's referencing it. No, at one point she literally grabs a wire hanger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, like, they are reenacting scenes. Yeah. In a roundabout, In a very roundabout way. way. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, Penelope's, Penelope's being real mean. Also, Jason is, is there, there, which once again, in a torture world is kind of weird, but I and guess they got to bring him back once a season. I, well, he's already been back. He got to talk, remember? Yeah, that's right. Now I will say in the first flash that we got, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was a dream or a flashback mm-hmm. because it seemed very like something that would happen in the Blossom House. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, the only what, the style is a little over the top. Yeah, Penelope's but, a lot. <laughs> but uh, Penelope's decided to throw them a birthday party because they're such good kids, and she's invited all of their little frenzy. Except for Heather, because Heather's a harlot. Harlot. No. No. Uh, Heather. Sarah, Heather cannot come. Anyway. Anyway, let's go to the town meeting. Yep. Uh Now we never mentioned this before, but the town meetings are held at Archie's gym slash youth club slash fire station, and it will later be called the town hall. So. They do. I mean, I think we know the town hall was burned down. Yep. In Hiram's thing. But Kevin, this is a good town. <laughs> it's. I'm sorry. A good town does not have a town hall in a boxing gym, gym slash youth club slash fire hall. What is like? Those are all different places in a good town. Well, no. I mean, those are different places in a large town. If this was a small town, I totally see that. But Riverdale's not treated like like we're not talking about Corner Gas Dog River. Exactly. Like. like, like we we've for years at this point have talked about the the, <laughs> the fluctuating size of this town. <laughs> of this town. Now Jughead is there. He's listening to thoughts. He's getting a lot in there. Um, and we first will hear from Veronica, who needs to be like, "Yes, it's true. There's an illegal casino." No, no, no. she's like, "I want to defend my casino." And Alice is like, "No, it's 100 percent illegal." And she's like, "Yes, but we." All of our employees are good folk we hire from this town. I'm like, how? How do they claim taxes? How do they do it? You're, you're paying you're them. You're not a business. You don't have a business license. You're paying them illegally. You're, and even if you're, if you're like, oh, we pay them a living wage. Of what? How can they? How? 
how are they like they're going to get found out yeah you're paying them under the table <laughs> they're some this could they're get stand. so much tax problems this is going this is this is how um uh oh scarface uh the real scarface uh, al pacino yeah. not al pacino that's the actor <laughs> so al capone was taken down now i was really hoping she'd be like look yes you didn't give me a license for the casino, but technically it's in Sodale, and that's not a part of Riverdale anymore. That would be nice. But Except for no. Sodale might be part of Riverdale. It's I don't know. Possible to say. Now, as Alice brings up, we oh, in case anyone's interested, we get me and Alice this episode, but also potentially it's not. Al- we'll have to get yeah, to we'll, that. We'll get to that. But she brings up, "Hey, when is the last time a lodge did anything good for this town?" And Veronica seems honestly confused by that. She's like, what? Didn't my dad do lots of good things when he destroyed the town? No, I did the speech. I know he was a bad person, but then I apologize for them because he's complicated, right? Alice, he paid for Fred's funeral. He's complicated. Like, no, for seven years, he actively did this to the... He is the reason for this. Yeah, he did cause this actively on purpose. He's he's the reason for this season. <laughs> <laughs> and this season is hate. So we can't dwell on this, though, because no. Archie's going to hop up and he's going to be like, excuse me, I'd like to know who wrote the article. Uh, who called the episode? Uh, who called the episode? <laughs> who wrote the article? That was nowhere close. Uh, and it was Percival. Of course it was Percival. And he's like, look, I had to publish it anonymously because I know you all hate General Pickens for the yeah. genocide. Oh, and then they have Tony be like, because genocide of my ancestors. And we have to cut to Abigail being like, yeah, she's spunky. Like her immediate family wasn't the one who hired him to do it so they could take over the town. That's the thing. Pickens didn't do it of his own volition. He, maybe he would have I mean, done it. He would have he done it of his own volition, but he did. The entire point of that episode was, without a doubt, Barnabas B. Blossom conspired with General Pickens to slaughter the Uctena. It it doesn't matter if Barnabas B. Blossom didn't pick up a saber and do it himself. Yeah, it's honestly worse. <laughs> and then he took over. He then he took over the town, and apparently. So this is kind of going a little bit forward when Archie's like, hey, Percival, so you got an English accent? <laughs> How is that a thing? And he's then he says, well, some of my ancestors, you, you know, came to the new world. Some to of them stayed in, stayed in the old one. I'm like, yeah, but so is 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 he your great great grandfather? Or are you just a guy who has the same last name <laughs> as him and like a t- tangential relation? Yeah, is he like your is he is he like with Tony was a great great aunt or uncle or something like that? Now, also, everything with Percival could be wrong, as we'll learn more about him throughout this. So Archie bristles at this, and he's like, I can't believe you criticized my town. You didn't even make any suggestions about how to make it better. I do have a suggestion. Remember when he asked about, he was like, we should remove, turns out what he wanted to remove. Was not the statue. I I think we talked about that on the episode. Oh. Maybe we did. I can't remember anymore. I thought it would be a cool twist if Percival Pickens ended up being, like, a good guy, because he's set up so obviously a bad guy. It would be nice if they subverted expectations. Yeah. But no, what he wanted to remove was Sketch Alley, and thus begins the social commentary of the episode, how to deal with homelessness. See, what Percival wants to do is a thing that happens. Yeah, that actually major cities do fairly often. Yes, they do. I think Vancouver did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, He just wants to bust the homeless out of town. Just 
put them someplace else and make them someone else's problem. And Archie is not on board with that. But a lot of the town by Jughead ring their mind is. Uh, and as Jughead says, thus began the battle for Riverdale's soul oh. again. Again, again, again. Yeah, but this one is like a direct reference to when Pop Tates and Tabitha fought the devil. Yeah. 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 Now, we're going to quickly check uh, in with Britta and Abigail. Abigail comes back from the meeting. And she's so delighted. She thinks that Pickens will be an ally in her attempt to take over the town. But she's got (laughs) to do some research about the Pickenses and what they did. (laughs) Now... She says how they molded the history of this town or some weird nonsense like that. So she she has to know. She lives in a in a she lives in the town. She lived in the town. And we did the in, math. We know she died in 1899, the year of Newsies the musical. Yeah. Like we know she died in 1899. So 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 the 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 most charitable charitable thing that we give to abigail is that she was blind to the fact that like she did not think about the fact that she was living on bloodied land and like we gotta <laughs> think about the thomasina of it all yeah too, that's right? not good thomasina. It, the implication there also seems to feel like thomasina didn't care that all her, of her people were massacred and she somehow escaped yeah she was just like oh whatever it's fine i'll just go back to I'm going to go to Greendale and marry a man, and then when go, I have to kill him, I'm going to go back to where my people were slaughtered. Yeah. And, that one baby. Yeah, and meet... I mean, there could have been other babies. We just know that's... And we, I'm going to go to the house of the people. I guess people <laughs> maybe didn't know that Barnes, Barnbisby Blossom bankrolled it during the time. Uh, it, it seems weird that Thomas would know that. That's true. Like, he would have heard the story from his grandfather. I... I wonder if there's going to be a retcon is going to learn that Barnabasby Blossom didn't or because because we're blurring all of the Rivervale worlds yeah. into Riverdale maybe Barnabasby Blossom was not involved or maybe it's a double super triple I don't know oh god anyway uh, she wants to read a book about the history and Britta wants her to drink the tea so Britta's going to go find the book for her and bring the book and the tea to her room yay I have a question yeah how do they have books their house burned down. Well, these were the books that were originally in the other house, and then they moved them back here. Sure. Because Pen- here's the thing. I 100% believe that Penelope and Clifford and all those weirdos were like, books? Books are for nerds. We're oh, pro- for incest. They probably didn't want the witch books, so they sent them <laughs> over to this old house with Nana Rose. <laughs> Take your weird witch books out of here. It is funny that there's witch books. I 100% believe there's witch books. Penelope will be doing witchcraft way earlier. Absolutely. She was already... She was already like an alchemist creating poisons. And she created that G&G game <laughs> to murder people. Yeah, if she knew she could do actual magic, she would have been doing actual magic. Oh my god, maybe she did do actual magic and that's why the principal drank the blue liquid that he found in the woman's bathroom. And we cannot we cannot let that be a thing. We have to actively fight against that. Speaking of actively fighting against things, Jughead agrees with Archie that just busting the homeless out of town won't help because it won't and because he lived in sketch alley yeah although that's also retconny but that's fine yeah because he didn't he when he was like homeless he he like stayed in sketch alley for i think a couple days but mostly he was in new york 
Yeah, well, he also, there was that retcon where he was homeless and living under a bridge, and that's how Doc happened. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's confusing anyway. what happened where. Um, anyway, so he's like, I, I am on your side, but I need to, your, your idea. And the idea that they kind of pitch. Because Archie doesn't have a plan, but Jughead does. Yeah. Is microhomes. Just build microhomes for the homeless. Which is really interesting because I was just reading about this the other yeah. day. And this is a real thing that cities are trying. Yeah. I think um, actually. Because it gives ability. It gives a place for, for, for you know people to stay and not have to spend so much so much time and effort in not dying. And it gives still... them a home with a lock where they can own things and their things can be safe. Mm-hmm. Which then gives them like the comfort that they can leave their things and yeah. go and try to pursue employment yeah it also gives them an address because it's very very hard to get a job without an address yeah the problem is this is way out of tone <laughs> for this episode it, this it is series. they're making a compelling argument that doesn't fit into this tv show well the problem is that this is actually a very real issue and these are this and both busting people out of town and building microhomes are solutions people have come up with of mm-hmm. varying goodness of the solutions <laughs> there, there's various levels of ethics and, at play and here later when we hear percival saying the things that pe- to defend buzzing people out of town are legitimate actual things that people, that people say. say to defend that and do have you can't say they don't have a logical base to them yeah but in a, in, a, in a show that's also dealing having people suddenly gain superpowers six years into the show, it's just weird. Well, and the thing is, I don't trust Riverdale to add something new to the conversation. Well, I mean, the thing is... They, other than superpowers. They didn't. They kind of maybe, for some people, brought idea brought up the idea of microhomes just maybe they don't know and what i'll give it to them is that they set this up as a very very good idea and when it is obviously eventually like problems found with it they are unfair things that somebody is doing to sabotage it and not like them being like hey it is a complicated problem right do we treat these people like human beings i yes yes you do but this is classic riverdale where they're like people will be cartoonishly evil (laughs) sounds good for us and in this case almost literally cartoonishly evil now britta did a excellent job of drugging that tea and abigail is in a deep deep sleep and so britta it seems, does drug her own tea, she but she sets herself an alarm. She also needs to be in a deep, deep sleep, but she's in the same room as her, so, like, the alarm would wake them and both. She needed to have headphones, so the alarm would go off in her ears. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, are we going to do this entire story in one night? Because, you know, you have it's- to wake up. The, the stakes were set. You have to wake up before Abigail wakes up. Nope, Britta's gonna Britta's gonna drug Abigail about four so times. Too many, so times. many times. And like Abigail four, will five. never catch on. No, no, she drugs her so many times. So <laughs> many times. So Britta falls asleep and she enters into Cheryl's dream prison. And Cheryl's dream prison is a very, very creepy birthday party in Thornhill Manor, but it's just Jason's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Because Cheryl's been being mean. No, she's been being ungrateful. Sorry, Cheryl's been being ungrateful. So Penelope sent her to stand against the wall. And Penelope's trying to figure out who Britta is. And I, for a while, I was also thinking that Penelope should have just become mean when Britta was around. Because she's like the antivirus to mm. Britta. And that's why she was set up in there. 
But as I but said, no. late, later they do. They God, they I hated explaining at the end. Later they explain that Cheryl's they're trying to destroy needs Cheryl's to be spirit. Yeah. Veronica's gonna make a very weird decision in this next scene. So Veronica in the casino mm-hmm. turns to Reggie and is like, Reggie, I assumed we would do an illegal casino. Because we and, only do illegal things. And a lot of side scams as well. And Reggie's like, yeah. I didn't realize that this is what they do. Because Veronica was like a legitimate Wall Street yeah, Veronica, finance bro. Yeah, historically, Ver- like new Veronica, the one that we saw post-time skip, has been a little bit sketchy. But not like, oh, I am outwardly a criminal. But this but, seems to imply that that is what she she is a white collar criminal. That's what she does, and that's the they also. I don't know if it's white collar. I don't know what you would call that stuff. Yeah, that's white collar because like embezzlement scams, yeah. and it's like um, inventing Anna or the Tinder swindler. Yeah, like th- they seem to imply like that is what they were going to do because that's all that they ever do. But that doesn't f- like it's, well, and like their Ponzi scheme, I thought was a Ponzi scheme by accident. Yeah. I thought they were trying to do like legitimate investments, but it might have been that it was a Ponzi scheme on purpose, and they just did a bad job of describe. The thing is, that Veronica has never fully been treated like she is criminal woman, yeah. despite the fact that like we are constantly like, no, she is absolutely criminal woman because she constantly gets offended. When people think she's a criminal, yeah. Whenever she talks to her dad, she's like, "I, you know, I'm doing things." Like, but we I'm know not she's like you. I do think do things legitimately. But she had her, her like rum brothel. It was actually a brothel, but it was a rum <laughs> thing. So have we been wrong all along? And the show actually knew she was a criminal. I mean, I, I here's if the, it's weird. The layers of like I get like it does sound like they knew. But they did a very good job, bad job of once again painting it for I us. I think the problem is she never broke bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's never, never a feeling like there's a moment where... <sighs> so they know. were portraying a slow descent into criminaldom. But they didn't like... <laughs> also, everyone's a secret criminal anyway. Yeah. So Veronica's like, what we're going to do is a legit casino. And I want to point out once again to the audience out there so there's no confusion. A legit casino still skews incredibly heavily toward the, most casinos aren't scamming you. Yeah. I mean, they are depending on your definition of scam. It's just casinos are so much not in your favor. Yeah, they're skewed towards the house. Look, I know a girl mm. who, when her grandfather dies, is going to become a millionaire. The reason that she's going to become a millionaire is because he owns um, ATMs in casinos. Yeah. Yep. Legitimately. Like, it's not like he's running, like, the, a shell bank. One of the best odds you can get at a casino is probably blackjack, and that's, like, 50%. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, they're, they're treating this like, well, I guess we're just going to have to go le- legit and just deal with what happens. And, like, you're still a casino. But they do bring up the actual things that are going to be expensive is they do need to get those licenses and permits for real. Here's the but, thing. I don't think I don't think getting business licenses and liquor licenses and permits to run a casino is expensive. I don't – the thing is like technically that feels like that would also open up your audience. Like if, if you are not using the casino for money laundering or any of the criminal stuff and you're running it legit – 
And the thing is, a lot of these casinos want to run legit because you yeah. actually do make more money running legit because then you can just have people come in and gamble. Exactly. You don't, Random you, people. Yeah. Nice people. <laughs> you don't have to worry about people hearing about your secret casino and... Ma- most of the money in casinos is not made for the big, like, big criminal rollers. So it it makes no sense, but Veronica is determined to do this because she wants to rehabilitate the family name. And, and also... Veronica, and Veronica Casinos, then let us know. I'm actually very interested in casinos, how they work. Also, she is going to hang Hiram's portrait mm-hmm. over Reggie's desk to remind them of what they will never no, I, be. I think they share a desk. <laughs> her desk is on the other side, under, like, the nice wall. Oh, so she could see her painting for Red because originally Reg her painting was up over Reggie's desk. Yeah. Um, I th- I did not expect for us to learn at this moment that Veronica's for keeping Confederate statues around because her weird logic, where it's like we'll hang up this painting so we know we'll never be like him, is just the logic people use to be like we'll keep up the statue of General E. Lee because because <laughs> we want to remember we want to remember things. that we, we what. <laughs> Rob, you don't have to do that. It's just weird foreshadowing, I guess. Um, Percival Pickens is busy having a little tea date with Alice Mm -hmm. to woo her to his side. And he evokes a thing that no stranger should ever say. Well, this this should be the first hint that, like, he's got something weird going on. He's very charismatic. Oh, so charismatic. Like, Like, even without all this stuff, he is very charismatic. But he does, like, would... I just feel like you would have a personal stake in having Riverdale be more safe because of what happened to your daughter. And Alice responds to that too well. That this is the first point where I'm like, oh my God, he's purple, man. Yeah, because normal Alice would start tearing things off the wall if someone she, talks about Polly. She might come back to, like, back around eventually, but in that moment, she would... Oh, yeah. She would have kicked him out. And she would have been like, I like the homeless. The homeless stay in our town. Well, I think she would have definitely come around eventually, oh, but yeah. she would never let Percival know that the, he was the reason. I Absolutely did it on my not. own, unrelated to whatever you were talking about. <laughs> so uh, so now we, we're going to have another town meeting. A lot of town meetings. And this one, we're going to hear pitches for how to make Riverdale better. And the first one we get is from Veronica, which is the most I am a I have a business so what I think we should do is have this entire city circle around my business. So her pitch isn't the worst. No. Uh it's very selfish, but of course what it is. but because uh, it's Veronica. Yeah. But what they want to do is make Riverdale a vacation destination. Say the new Atlantic City. And it's going to be a family-friendly casino place. Yeah. With, like, activities and entertainment and a lot of things the person pointed out they don't have. Yeah. But Alice is like, look, you don't have a business permit. <laughs> well, and specifically, uh, <laughs> we learn like, – here's the clear thing about Alice. She does not like casinos. She does not like casinos. Yeah. She does – she must hate Vegas. Like she must despise the fact that city exists. It is truly Sin City to Alice. Yes, absolutely. She has that very like retro thought of casinos. Um, but then Frank yeah. will make a truly great and compelling argument that you could have an interesting discussion about. Yeah. He points out that Riverdale 
is full of a lot of broken people. Yeah. And he points out veterans like him and Archie, but we know for a fact that everyone good yeah. left Riverdale. That is canonical. <laughs> and only the broken people and our main characters, yeah. who are also broken, yeah. are left. So this might not be the right environment to put these type of life-ruining <laughs> temptations in front of people. Yeah, it, it really does just sort of feed toward the fact that Veronica... Veronica can only think in uh, in the sphere of herself. She's like, oh, yeah, my casino will be the centerpiece of this. And she's probably going to make it. She'll make a whole lot of money off of that. And she'll get to sing every night. Yep. But 100% when you see, like, a lot of the state of this town, it's not a place you want to turn, like... You... The ghoulies, I bet a lot of them should not go there because mm-hmm. they probably have addictive personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Alice will shut down this amazing conversation. Yep. Uh, because, and it, then it's passed on to Archie, who has his micro homes. And this is where we get the real Alice has bought into the Percival thing. Because the, the micro homes will cost money. Labor's free. Yep. But they will cost about twenty to 25000 each. They want to make like thirty first of all. Um, but Alice like, that's so much. We'll have to raise taxes. And everyone's all upset. And then Percival's like, you know, running them out of running people out of town costs no money at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Percival, shut your mouth. Yeah, you know what? You didn't even give Archie the chance to make an argument that they could probably get donations towards this. Like, this is a they probably get donations from the state if this is like a pilot project. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, once again, we. You know, I mean, they could probably get donations from Ellen. <laughs> She'd come there and dance. Uh, no, unfortunately, this is in this era. This is like seven years from now. Oh, that's true. Ellen's not going to be dancing. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> like this is not as much as it feels like the past. It's not the past. But you know, they could find like a philanthropist who's looking for a pet project. Absolutely, like the type of goodwill you'd get from this kind of project. <laughs> yeah, with no. a veteran in charge of it. Oh yeah, no, donating uh, his construction company's labor for free. Oh yeah, all they need is Jughead to write like. Like, they, they have so many more connections that they can use here. Jughead just wrote that article about Hiram that had world renown. Yeah, he could definitely write one about, hey, this town that Hiram destroyed is trying to recover and help its homeless population by doing micro-homes. But, but this story is obviously about the, pers- you know, so the somewhat persuasiveness of e- easy answers. Yeah. Um, however... Tony Topaz will instantly support him. Yep. And Tabitha, because she has a business degree. Yep. Frank will never quite actually make his opinion known. But he he will help him the entire way through. But he's also maybe dating Alice. Okay. We can bring this up now. This council of four is terrible. Alice, as far as we know, controls the media. Yeah. Like, she is on the council and she apparently is like the head. Anchor at the news station. And can write her own news stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Two of the council members are dating, apparently. Like, I think Frank lives at her house. It's unclear, but it's... If... He's, he's got to be living somewhere because he can't live in Archie's house. And 
But when you look at it from the outside, Frank is willing to help. Tabitha's willing to help. Tony's willing to help. How do they not override Alice? Alice? Who cares what Alice thinks? The entire reason of having a council of four is that they can vote over each other and be like... Which is really why it should be a council of five. Yes, the problem is there can be like... Ties. That's why I was thinking, oh, maybe Frank... Voted no. ...with Alice because him and Alice are together, which is, once again, that being a problem. But he actively helps Archie with the microhomes. Makes no sense. So how does this not happen? <laughs> like, I understand, like, the town, ta- like, it seems to like what it actually is. It's not a council of four. It's that they have a council in charge of town meetings, and they are trying to do a pure democracy. Yes. But that's... But, but no one ever votes on anything. And they never said that was a thing. It just seems like things happen. So... Sort of. So... Um, <laughs> Considering the amount of time they spent on explaining how... They were making their town. There's a town council of four by these four people. And we picked these ones because of these reasons. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Tabitha just asks for a proof of proof of concept because yep. she has a business degree, and that is yeah. a great ask, Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a quick scene between Archie and Percival where we hear some of Percival's backstory, which potentially could all be a lie, to mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, also, we learn that Percival, he's really into capitalism. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't quite like Veronica's vision. He doesn't want it to be a uh, Atlantic City. He wants it to be the next... Marsha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. No, he says Marsha because this is Riverdale. I, th- I, I thought they, the, I thought it just said straight up Martha's Vineyard. But they say Atlantic City. Yeah, but remember when Veronica and What's-His-Face almost died? They thought, were flying back from Marsha's Vineyard. Oh, I thought that was also Martha's Vineyard. I, mean, I guess my brain just... Corrected. Just like, no, what you said can't be true. Now, they can't possibly be the next Marsha's Vineyard because they're not... Okay, maybe Marsha's Vineyard is just in the middle of the hinterlands. But, like, they're not... Coastal. Yeah, they are. Remember that creepy, like sp- spiky. Oh, so that's coastline? their beach. That's yeah. the beach they want people to visit. Oh yeah, it is. Great. <laughs> now, Percival. Yeah, so he's a hardcore capitalist. Pull yourself over the boot shop. He says, if we just, if like the homeless people, they don't want to work. They just want handouts. And the people, as liberal as they say they are, they just want the homeless gone without too much effort on themselves. So you know, once again, social commentary. Yep. But weirdly enough, I don't know if Percival believed, like... No, I think he's just saying it to rile Archie. Everything Percival does in this episode feels like it's to rile people up. And weirdly enough, because of what we'll get to, the ending image, I don't mind because I think I get it. I could be wrong because repeatedly I am wrong about this show. <laughs> you give them too much credit. No, I just I just know how storytelling works and then they don't do that. <laughs> so Archie, uh, as a result of this horrible meeting with Percival. He goes to some prominent business owners in town and who effectively own the same business. But you know. Now, to be fair, I had a long moment where I was like, what business does Tony own? It's the white worm. She bought it from Hiram at some point. When she collected all the money from the rest of the serpents. Yeah. Because he owned it again. Yeah, because in my head I was like, she's a social worker. That's not a business. There's is a, Archie talking about the school? There's another. There's got to be another edges in the white worm, right? You don't have to go through. You know what? I'm going to say that, but I've been to places <laughs> where you have to walk through another restaurant to get to the other restaurant. Yeah. It's a small town. So anyway, Archie asks each of them to underwrite a house. Mm-hmm. And he's going to build houses. And he's going to paint one of them like Pops and one of them like the white r- you know, worm. To, to sort of like like... 
motivate people hey this is part of the town yeah, look at how cool it is yeah he's trying to be like if we make this seem like it's already part of the town the town will fall into it because he, it'll be like hey that's recognizable he's even going to put these two houses in the parking lot yeah but now, they're going to build them in sketch alley yes i will i yeah so uh speaking of sketch alley jughead uh is the one who will take archie and the guys to talk to doc and the rest of the homeless because they're going to help them build the houses, which, which cool. They are because they want to do things and they want homes well, and, with locks. And also that adds to the idea of this, like you have an ownership over this. You literally helped build it. And Archie does say, he's like, you you all don't have to help. Like we're going to do it in your space, but you can just watch us. Like you can do what you want. Yeah. But they want to yeah. help. Now, uh, we have to cut over quickly to Reggie and Veronica, where we learn that there's problems. Reggie says some vague business stuff. They're over leverage. It'll be impossible to turn a profit. In which, a casino? Which, well, which tells me, I know the problem with this casino. You opened a casino in a terrible town. You opened yeah. a casino in a small town where... Which that no one <laughs> wants to come to because it's full of crime. Yeah, the problem is that you just don't have enough players. That's yeah. that's got to be the problem. And so even, the problem is they had a bad business model. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just you can't it, just open a casino somewhere because you want to open a casino. And I was gonna say, if you're gonna make it an illegal illegal casino with scams. That's not going to fix it. You still don't have players. Yeah, and especially if the players who are playing in your illegal casino probably are more aware of the scams because they're also people in an illegal casino. So anyway, this scene is interrupted by a very nervous young man who comes in and is like, you got to come to the private room right now. Oh, something bad happened, and it turns out somebody hung themselves. I have so many questions. Yep, and they will not get answered. The biggest one is... Why is he possibly in there alone? And where was the staff member who's in charge of the room? And why is the room not locked when there's not a staff member in it? It's a curtain. It's just a curtain. Because people are going to steal chips. Yeah. Now, (laughs) as... As Ryan says... Oh, well, we can't do, like, the legit thing because this would be a, a horrible story if the news broke. I'm like, what news? Like, I guess it's bad if someone kills himself in well, your casino. It's because Alice previously said that if anything oh. was, like, remotely a yeah. sniff of trouble, yeah. the illegal casino that doesn't have a business permit. I think they got their permits now. I think it, I think you were right. It's not as much of an issue as the thing is. I think that's why now they're over leveraged. Yeah. Is because they just got out. And this does seem to imply that they didn't actually need city permits. They just needed state permits. Which means maybe they're not in Riverdale. I don't know. Now, with all these problems, uh, obviously the solution that Veronica comes up with, which does still raise questions, is I'll just guess I'll call Geraldo. Despite the fact that, sorry, Geraldo. Despite the fact that Geraldo, isn't he specifically supposed to stay with her grandma? Like, this is his entire job. Yeah. And then she calls him her Nana's Iceman. And writers, I just want to remind you that Grandma Lodge is not in the Mafia. Yeah. It's okay if she's in the Mafia right now, I guess, because I guess in one of the alternative storylines. Maybe. But, like, historically, she was anti-Hiram's Mafia things. The entire point is that Hiram did not want her to be in Except for she is weird with the, the... I don't know. I don't know. Show. Let's take another trip into the dreamscape. 
Now, it can't be healthy that she's drugging Abigail every single night, but they really got to draw this story out. So so. she's drugging her again, and Mm. this time Cheryl and Jason are sleeping in the same bedroom. Honestly, we just get more Mummy Dio stuff. It's, It's... it's fine. Yeah. Building is happening. It's delightful and joyous. Except for Doc. He's he's acting weird. He like approaches Kevin, because of course it's gotta be Kevin. <laughs> yeah, this is what Kevin is for. Kevin is the whipping boy of the show. Yep. And Doc's like staring at him and it's very weird. Then he hits him with a hammer and it's shocking. And it's and then this cuts right to once again, Alice. Who controls the media of the town. Making a journalist a journalist report with no journalistic integrity just whatsoever. Say, yep. Just saying that that it's unfair and we should be kicking these homeless need to be out of the town. We the what we did, we tried to help them, and what they did is they can immediately turn back on us. And I'm like, you can't both be one of the ruling council and also the media. You can't do this. This is why Jughead had to make his dumb newspaper. The ruling council of this town, like, I think Frank is the only one that's mostly fine. Tabitha, next one in line. It's weird that, like, like no, it's fine. I would be like, there's a lot of other restaurants. It's like she's in charge of the food of the town. But Tony does seem to have, like, control of education. And, and one of the gangs. Yep. And Abigail, or sorry, not Abigail, uh, Alice has control of the media. Which means your council, like it has if, vested interests. Yeah, if they were, like, was it if if because obviously you have people who are on councils who are like who have like you have Pillars a major education. Of the society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. It feels weird. It feels weird to have. Which well, I'm thinking they're they're just a pure democracy. That's what they're trying to do. But they never do votes. People so, just do things. So Archie will turn off the TV and be like, "This news report sucks," and yeah. then. Tony makes a wild statement. Oh, wow. Archie. Yeah, we might have to hold off playing the white worm on it because that's my business name on it. And if if our businesses, my business is associated with violence and crime, that could be a problem. Tony, you're in a gang and you actively got angry when people said your gang is not hard. Now, her gang is not hard because they stopped being a gang to become truckers. But, then, but I think we've forgotten that. Well, and then specifically, Tony, remember, she was angry because the ghoulies implied that they were not a gang anymore. Which they weren't because they became truckers. Yes, but she wants to be a gang and she, like, we think killed that ghoulie. Yeah. So her being like, oh, we can't be associated with violence and crime when she is actively associated with violence and crime. Is wild. Is weird. So Tabitha will be like, okay. But Tabitha's willing to have hers painted, and Tony's still going to be there, like, monetarily. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mysteries abound at the Babylonium, which I forgot to mention is the name of the casino still. Yeah. (laughs) Still the Babylonium. So one would assume that if a man commits suicide in the uh, private rollers room, it's because he's lost so much money. But turns out, as he found, no, he's been winning big time. He's doing so great. And then they pull the tapes and there's the man at the table and right next to him whispering in his ear. It's Percival Pickens because. Of course it is. He's, he's purple manning. So it is <laughs> wild that Veronica and Reggie will tell no one this. No, no. <laughs> and our characters will reach their conclusions at the end of the episode without this information. Now, <laughs> now. Admittedly, Veronica has no idea anybody has superpowers. That's she true. She's not aware of magic. As far as Veronica knows, 
the town is still very normal. So she's just mostly confused by the fact that a man talked to another man and then the man went to go kill himself. And she's like, I guess I should check in on um, that. That man? What could he possibly have said? But like, realistically, what's she going to do? Just go out and be like, hey, that man convinced a man to kill himself. And people are like, what? You can't just do that. Like, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. <laughs> so we're going to sidestep into the Abigail storyline. Mm-hmm. But for once, she's not being poisoned. Britta's just gone to visit Nana Rose. And <laughs> is like, like, hey, this isn't working. I'm trying so hard to talk to Cheryl, but Penelope's always there. Yeah. Now, it turns out, if you're wondering what this is, because Riverdale doesn't know how to do new new storylines, only mm. old storylines, mm. we're getting another Cheryl needs to of overcome her mother storyline. But in this case, it's literally she has to accept that this version of her mother isn't real. She has no. to remember she's already overcome her mother. Multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times. Um, And Brenda's like, yeah, I keep trying to tell her that, but I don't get to talk to her. <laughs> and then Nana Rose is like, perhaps you must find another way to communicate. The scene's full, the scene is full nonsense. There's a lot of, it's, it just sets up what does Cheryl need to do with Penelope. And then the whole, like, find a better way to communicate thing just will result in Britta writing a letter which she is able to bring into the dreamscape with her. Because yeah, she's holding it when she poisons herself. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> Percival Pickens goes to brainwash uh, yeah, visit- the Kellers. Yep, visits them. He says he wants to make sure it never happens again. Which means, Kevin, yeah. once again, Kevin Keller will fall into a cult. <laughs> well, at least it's not a cult. He's just been temporarily indoctrinated by the power of persuasion. That's a cult. <laughs> uh, we do get to see the micro homes being set up. They're quite nice. The, the paint was uh, donated by uh, by a company, a real company that definitely paid to be on Riverdale. Riverdale. So I'm not going to say their name. They already paid for the thing. Only, only Doritos Cool Ranch gets our free. <laughs> um, I'm just going to point out paint company. Only 14-year-olds watch this show. You're not getting your advertising dollars back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then we head off at Geraldo's getting the body. He's going to send it to Jersey. He's going to make him be found elsewhere. He's very good at being a nice man. It's fine. Also, clear. I mean, he's an ice man, but this is mostly being a cleaner, which is what Hermosa did. Anyway, um, he's also just going to be casually like, by the way. How's business? And Ronnie's like, it's terrible. It sucks to be a legitimate business. And he's like, hey, well, if you want to, I could send some, she, like, wise guys. I could send yeah. some mobsters up here. And I think it means, like, I'm going to send them to gamble. And she's like, no. I don't even want criminals in my gambling in my casino. I'm like, Ronnie, you don't have to do anything. Ill- criminals are going to gamble in your casino. Yeah. I don't know how to tell you this. And, like, the worst thing that's <laughs> going to happen is they're going to crime you. <laughs> which you should stop because you're a casino. And you're allowed to stop them from criming you. Uh, but she's like, no, I don't want them here because uh, she's bad at running a casino. Yep. Uh, and then she asks him to look into Percival Pickens. Archie gets a phone call. Yes, because unfortunately, and I guess this was probably Percival Pickens getting just some random people to do this, uh, to vandalize the micro homes. My home, single home. Okay, so I just want to say, yeah. Town, I know you've been brainwashed by Percival Pickens. Yeah, I think literally, literally brainwashed by yeah. Percival Pickens. But if you want your town to be a good town. <laughs> Stop vandalizing your own stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, w- w- once again, this, is, this was Percival Pickens walked up to some random kids and was like, hey, 
you probably want to go vandalize that uh that microhome, don't you? You want to say not in my backyard, right? Right, right. That's <laughs> that's how you make your town better. So uh, Archie is so mad that he punches his car and he dents it real bad, but I don't think that's related to his density, just his rage. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is. Okay, it's not a good show of his density. I, I'll say at least they did do a show of his density. Yeah. I, I honestly, there's moments in this episode where I'm like, all oh, right, they have superpowers. Like, we only get to see Jugheads. At least we gave, they gave Archie a moment. Yeah. Cool. Now, Jughead visits Doc, and he learns kind of what we're figuring out here. Doc has no memory of attacking per, uh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. But what he does remember is a man with a British accent coming to talk to him right before he beat poor sweet Kevin Keller like, with a hammer. someone put the idea in my head. So Jughead takes this to go talk to Percival, and he just, like, he gets Percival to uh, start talking. And he tries to burrow into his mind. And instead, what he gets is Percival being like, hey, get on my head. <laughs> Stop I that. do like that he calls him a piece of garbage because that's yeah. very Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, and Jughead freaks out. And Percival's like, oh, what happened? Oh, no. Shut up. All right. So uh, time for the final journey into the dreamscape, at least into Cheryl's dreamscape. This time, Britta brings her letter. Mm-hmm. But Cheryl's hair has all been cut off. Just, just it random looks like stuff. It was dyed brown. It does. It, weird that it lost its color, but whatever. It's a dreamscape. Uh, more more stuff that Penelope doesn't like that Cheryl's gay. Gives her the note and then gets thrown out, but Cheryl's Cheryl gonna reads read that note. the note. And literally it just says, hey. This is a dream. This is a dream. And Cheryl's like, it is. A, you're right. It is a dream. And then she's suddenly dressed like Cheryl. And she's sexy and sassy and, and she yells and at her mom. Sends off Penelope for the fifth time this is the scene where penelope goes and gets the wire hanger oh yeah when she's full on so i gotta say i like the dreams they're very cool they're very interesting penelope's dressed like 1960s like yeah pop, like pop not pop it's like pop art but that sort of it's thing like, yeah it's like a very stylized like leave it to beaver type mom yeah yeah. Um, it's all very cool. I like her like just just wilding around the house to find a yell- <laughs> to find a wire hanger to beat Cheryl with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> she'll send her off and has stood up to her. So and this is where right. we do learn that like oh she needs her spear broken to be vanished. Cool. So Archie rolls up to Pop Tates and uh, oh my goodness, all of his friends, most of his, his four friends. <laughs> I need to specifically point out that Tony is freehand painting the white worm symbol, and that is insane. Like, she's not been known to. It's clearly a stencil, also. Yeah, but it's she's. True. <laughs> but they they set they set up the actress to be freehand painting what is clearly <laughs> a stencil and is hilarious. So uh, all of Archie's friends are repainting the tiny homes, and he's like, "I was going to tear them down." And as Frank, once again, Frank is there. Is like, no, man, we'll re- we painted it once, we'll repaint it again as many times as it takes. So. That's great. And then Jughead's like, hey, man, I really need to talk to you about it. <laughs> gonna tell you something about Percival. Oh, there's Percival Pickens, the yes. man I was going to tell you about. And as Percival explains, oh, you don't have to do this. It's very nice. But I, the homeless, they just left. I went and had to talk to them, gave them each $100 and sent them on their way. Uh, Percival Pickens? I thought it was free to bust people out of town. He's he now he did say almost nothing. I see. I assume he just did it out of his own money, I suppose. And then he goes, "I guess I just have the power of persuasion." Well, looking directly in Jughead's eyes, um, 
I, for a moment, I was like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? And I realized he doesn't actually care about getting the homeless out of town. No. He is provoking people of the town to figure out things about them. Yeah. So. Great. I wanted to point that out. I thought as yeah. well, like. His job is to cause chaos. Yes. Yes. And it kind of makes sense. But they do go to Sketch Alley. And, and it is gone. Yeah, because just the homeless, I guess, now just moved over to Greendale. That's fine. Cool. They're going to come back. Because Riverdale's where the drugs is. <laughs> Arlo's all arrive in New York, I guess. Now, uh, we're done with Cheryl's dreamscape, but there's more dreamscapes to see because Britta is visited in her dream. By, by Cheryl. Which, is Abigail sleeping nearby? <laughs> I guess so. Or do, can Cheryl just go to other people's dreamscapes now? Maybe Abigail liked it so much when Britta was always in the room with her while she was sleeping. <laughs> Even though she didn't know. That now they, well, she, you know, she wakes up and Britta's in the room. No, so she doesn't. They just have to sleep together. She specifically cannot be there when Abigail wakes up. No, she just can't be asleep. I think it's the idea she can't, because she sneaks out before Abigail wakes up every other time. Oh, did she sneak out? I yeah. thought she was still there. No, she left. And then All Abigail's right. like, oh, weird. Now, uh, Cheryl will call Britta a loyal factum. Yeah, remember how much... I've got that. So glad they brought it back. Remember how much we hate how Cheryl talks to Britta? A person who is supposed to be she's taking care of mm. as, like, a foster child. Mm -hmm. She does call her a factotum, which was a word that I knew, that I knew meant employee or servant. Yeah, and, so... And, and she'll be rewarded. No... Cheryl, Cheryl that's, she is your child. You, she's not. Did you think you were given a servant by Tony? It seems like yes. Like the, I know that's not what they are implying. I they just but they want made Cheryl. Her say it. They just want Cheryl to say weird and archaic things. But there's something else she could have said. She could have said something like an archaic term for friend. Uh, yeah, like. <laughs> They keep on using, like, they just give her words to say that are just little nitpicky things, but really set up that, that she's a bad person. That she's a terrible person, and Britta specifically, you know what, Britta? You should just leave. Just go back to Tony and be like, hey, something's not working out with Cheryl. I don't know why. <laughs> can you please connect me to the social worker again so someone else can adopt me? Yeah, I think it was a bad home you sent me to. I think she was nice to one person, and you sent me to her. That was a bad idea. She's not a nice person. Maybe you could send me to Alice. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> hey, have kids anymore. Hey, let's bring this up, Aaron. Where's Stagland and Juniper? Yeah, they're supposed to live in that house. <laughs> where are they? I mean, I'll tell you where they are. They're dead. Yeah, absolutely. They're dead. Abigail, they're in a room, and Abigail didn't know they, they were there. And then they never left the room, and now they will never leave the room. Mm -hmm. Yep, they're like those, uh, those boys are put into a tower. Anyway, so uh, they have to drive Abigail out, and Britta says, how? And Cheryl's like, how am I supposed to know? I'm not a witch. <laughs> so uh, We're going to have another town meeting. <laughs> and this one, I don't know what the point is. <laughs> it's so that Percival Pickens can gloat. Yeah, so everyone is happy that the homeless are gone now. Um, I would have pointed out the homeless weren't even mentioned in his article. Yeah, like I, I guess I guess he said the economy. He said the like the people there's a record unemployment, but it, and maybe he mentioned Sketch Alley. But like he talks about like the prejudice in the town, and one would think the prejudice against the homeless is wrapped up in that. But but that's the point. That's the point. He is manipulating people, and he's like making them like turning against each other. Yeah, and... it's not bad. Like the hypocr the hypocrisy there is on purpose. Yes, and it, honestly. 
I hate him, yeah. which means they're doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, though, now Percival is also a deputy. I I actually don't know why he would want that. Yeah, and apparently... Because Tom- he can just do anything he wants because he has the power of persuasion. So why does he also want to be part of the authority system? Maybe he just wants a position of power. Maybe that means he doesn't have to use as much of his powers. Also, apparently just anyone can be a deputy, which I think is actually honestly true, yeah, which is absolutely. bad. Well, remember when they made the Serpents junior deputies? But they were junior deputies. He's a full deputy. I'm pretty sure that's just a ceremonial position they give to students. Now, the reason that he's a deputy is he thanks Tom Keller for helping him. I don't really know why Tom Keller needed to help them since he used his power of persuasion, but well, it's, it's all a part of his It's all about plan. his weird messing with people. And so Archie leans over while he's monologuing, and Archie's like, boy, he's like a supervillain, isn't he, Jughead? And Jughead's like, oh, right. Um, <laughs> I really have to talk I forgot. to you. I, I forgot. I was supposed to talk on the way over. Anyway, I thought they were going to leave this to actually talk on camera. No, they, they still they don't. <laughs> Jughead will still fill him in off camera. Because Jughead and Archie cannot be shown to be friends. No. Nope. No conversations between friends. <laughs> All right, we've got to wrap some things up. So after a uh, uh, a careful... So this is Veronica approaching Alice about the casino. Yeah. After careful review and advice from Percival, Blech. they can't partner with specifically Veronica, which... Fair. Yeah. I, I feel like she could just be a Luna again. <laughs> they will partner with the casino if she takes a step back, which they confirm means staying out of the limelight. I'm not even sure. The owners of a casino don't tend to be in the limelight. But yeah, but this is Veronica. Yeah. So she, oh, can't, she can't perform. <laughs> she can't yes. perform. She literally cannot perform on the stage. <laughs> now, Alice takes this into a weird... And I th- when we say that maybe this stuff isn't Alice, I think she is a hunt... Like, fully brainwashed by Percival. I think he's going to her every single day and brainwashing her. Oh, absolutely. Which is an easier thing for us to forgive Alice for later than any of the other things that, that she Alice has done. Alice has done. This is the one time we can forgive her. But she's like, well, let's see how your casino does without our support, but then also seems to imply she's going to actively, like, not just not support them, like send raids on them and yeah it feels like she is setting up i am going to attack your casino at every point of view not just we are not going to support you so that's fine but because this, it does the only logical thing yeah it pisses it pisses off veronica so much that at this first hint of resistance she's like looks at the looks at the painting of her dad which yeah maybe don't put that up Dude. Maybe keep up a picture of yourself from when you were young and innocent. She looks up and goes, I guess we're going bad. (laughs) I guess we're being an evil casino. And Geraldo's there and he's like, excellent. I guess I'm around as well. I'm a character now. All right. Oh, by the way, I looked up the Percival Pickens. He has no past. He has no paper trail. It's It's like he didn't exist before he entered the town. So Dimension Jumper? He did say when he was talking to Archie, oh, I've been around. And he says, I've been traveling. I've been traveling. Mm. So maybe he's, he maybe he's been many dimensions. Uh, now, in a character I almost forgot we hadn't seen. <laughs> I did think about it like halfway through and then I was like, eh, she's doing something. <laughs> she did say something. Betty arrives because she lost TBK in Maine. Now, how does she know that? <laughs> 
I don't know. This whole weird serial killer thing is so vague. It might be Percival, honestly. <laughs> Percival might be telling, but no, I hope they're not connected. That's actually very boring. It's But the thing is, TBK now is just very boring. Yeah, because he's not a purple man. I don't care about him. Uh, but as she arrives, Archie has like turn off all the lights because apparently she ha- does have the worst power. So she can see auras. But also... She can't see anything else. Because light hurts her. It gives her... Her headaches are triggered by the light. So now she is like a weird vampire, except for her only vampire ability is seeing auras. Not a notable vampire ability. Now Archie will tell her a little bit... A little bit of Percival and the fact that Jughead can now read minds. So that means the discussion we wanted to see... Did happen off camera. Yeah. And they're going to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to a very engaging scene, actually. Percival is... In, like, a gentleman's club, but I guess it's his apartment. I, I thought this was, like, an antique shop. Yeah. I it's My weird. note is, where is he? Uh, but he's, like, writing in a notebook, and he specifically has written down, Jughead mind reading question mark. So he did not know Jughead had mind reading. He figured it out when he tried to read his mind. When Jughead revealed but he himself. Could sense that, which is interesting. And then he looks up from his notebook. And he has a board with everybody in town. Not just, I actually like it's not just the main four. It's everybody in mm-hmm. town. So here's what I think he was, he's been doing. He's been just stirring up nonsense in the town to get people to reveal powers they have. Totally. And he wants to figure out who he's going to focus on. Yeah. We don't know. Do super villain yeah, things. We don't know what he's doing or what his whole thing is or who he is or how he's here or any of that stuff. But this was just the right amount of information to make me reinterested in Percival Pickens. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, show. Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Through this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic just wanted to set forth on a task to make their town better, but then someone talked to them for a while and then they realized their town sucks? <laughs> I did. This is a small moment. It is when Archie is talking to Tabitha and Tony. Mm-hmm. And it's like the sh- uh, the first time when he's like, hey, you want to underwrite some houses? Yeah. It's like the show didn't want them both to respond in the same way. Yeah. So for some reason, Tony is unreasonably salty about being called a gang member. <laughs> like when Archie's like, yeah, I, you know, you're great businesswomen. I'd really like to, you to be a part of this. And she's oh, like, you're fine having a, a quote unquote gang member. And Archie's like, we've been friends for so many years. Of course I like you. And also, Tony, later you're pro... You're proud of being... Yeah, you, you, you are alternatively proud and upset at being called a gang member. So what is it? Yeah, what is the serpents? What, what, to you, to you, what are the serpents? Please? I need to know. Give me a three-page paper on my desk by Monday, Tony. Tony, write in. The character. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, the character, write in and tell me, what are the serpents to you? So please send that to us at podcastmoa, podcastmoa at gmail.com. Care of podcastmoa. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah. So that's when Britta does her first sleep next to Abigail. Oh, yes. So Abigail's asleep. Yes. Britta comes in and there's a fainting couch across from Abigail, because sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, she lies down, tells in. Then she drinks the tea. 
and holds the teacup in her hand, despite <laughs> knowing she just drank. She poisoned herself. Yeah, that she gave herself a sleeping potion just so that her hand could dramatically fall to the side and drop the teacup on the ground. But before that, she has to sleep with her hand floating above her chest, <laughs> holding a teacup in one, <laughs> one finger, a thing that no human being has ever tried to sleep doing. This is true. And she knows. She knows. She knows she's going to sleep. It is, it is the most blocked movement. I really don't know. Blocking is the movement that people do on stage or on yeah. screen. It is the most director blocked movement I have seen in this show as of late. And, like, usually <laughs> actors will try to make arbitrary blocking seem natural. But there's no way to there's do no that. There's no way to do it. I mean, I guess she could have, like, laid it on her chest, but then her hand would have had to flip over. Yeah. To, like, drop the cup. It's just real... Dumb. Dumb. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. how to do it. Like, this thing, I don't know how you fix it, but except for not having the dramatic fall, but that's what makes it a CW moment. But we know she's fall Anyway. Anyway, Riverdale. Um... This episode was fine. I think I like... It was weird. Here, here's what I'll say about it. It was weirdly boring. Like, yeah. like, like, I guess not boring. I think it was telegraphed too early. Yeah. Because Percival's the only stranger in town. Yeah. Um, and his his arguments were too... Like, I, like, like he, he, he read an... too ar- cartoonishly evil. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what his, his, the thing is, his arguments are real arguments give, like people give. But the way that he says them are like he read an article on libertarianism. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to say the things I said about libertarianism. But those are things that people... That people do say. Do say. Uh, it just... It, it, and the, the main thing is that it runs in conflict with the, like, the actual early Riverdale versus the Riverdale that we see recently where it's not the facade of a nice town. Yeah, with the facade darkness. is gone. That's what we They're have gone been for complaining. Seven years. That's what we've been complaining about since the time jump at least. Yeah. I think we started complaining about that as soon as Sketch Alley was introduced. We were like, how can this town have a place called Sketch Alley? <laughs> I was just like it's called Sketch Alley. Uh no, there were times early on where we're like, this doesn't really make sense for your secret. Oh, once we found out about all the historical serial killers. Yeah, I mean, that I could give them some leeway for because the idea is that the older people in the town are kind of keeping it a secret. It, it, and it, there's too much everyone knows this dark secret and no one talks about it. So the characters like and it's literally <laughs> everyone knows, yeah. not just some people know. Everyone knows. Yeah, they got away with it in the first season by having it supposed to be where was like Jason is the kickoff that reveals all the dark secrets of the town. But then later seasons are just like no, no, the no, town's no. always been bad, and everyone knows that the town has always been bad. Been bad. The only one who didn't know was like Jughead and Archie and yeah, Veronica, Veronica and Betty, <laughs> and Betty. The so, white people didn't know, and then Veronica. Yeah. So, um, I think I like what you're doing, but this is the wrong show to do it in, so... Yep, weirdly enough, I don't mind the Veronica storyline, because I think, for the first time, they are actively portraying that we are supposed to see her going bad is a bad thing, rather than being like, oh, cool, Rebel has taken her stand. It's supposed to be like, oh no, she's fallen into her... Father's, father's footsteps and, she, and, she, she, continually and she did it way too easily and i hope somebody does give her the at the first the sign of resistance you went so maybe maybe you are just a bad person so we'll audience tell us what do you think was it boring did you like it 
Was it both? <laughs> Could be both. We're over at Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. Uh, and you can catch my books. They're available at KevinWareBooks.com. Also, if you're in the Calgary area, uh, the weekend of the 21st, the 24th of April, mm-hmm. uh, I will be at Comic uh, Calgary Comic Entertainment Expo, Comic and Entertainment Expo, CCEE. Look, Calgary <laughs> Expo is fun. Come to it. You'll see Kevin and also a lot of other cool things. Yeah. So if you stop by, I'll be there. I'll be talking about it on my social media. So catch up on that. I'm also over at a flimsyplan.com. I'm and- less interesting right now. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Whew. What is Percival's ultimate plan? How will Cheryl get out of Abigail's mind? What other vampire powers will Betty receive? Yeah, I don't think that's where they're going. You don't know that. Okay, for answers to all this and more, join us next time on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Teen Drama Fancast? 